0: There's within my heart a melody Jesus whispers sweet and low Let's go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians for just a few minutes. Chapter 3. I <clears throat> uh, had a members meeting last week, uh, so we were uh, doing some different things. Uh, but uh, we have uh, been going through 1 Corinthians on uh, Sunday nights. Um, uh, a messy, messy, messy church from uh, Paul, who is left. left... Um, from uh, the the town of Corinth and has gone on his missionary journeys uh, and has received letters from Chloe and her people that they are still pretty divisive. And Paul actually spent more time with them. You might remember, and we uh, and it's also written by uh, Sosthenes, I think, right? Yeah, verse one. Uh, we saw Sosthenes uh, take a beating in Paul's place uh, back in Acts, and so um, he starts out in chapter one saying how much he loves them, how much he believes. Uh, and affirms their salvation, uh, and and how he prays for them. Often, um, he 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 though he addresses though the the divisions that are taking place in the church pretty quickly. He comes packing punches. And so, chapter two was primarily about a division that was taking place through wisdom, godly wisdom versus man's wisdom. If you've ever been in a church that is run by man's wisdom, uh, you'll know that it quickly falls prey to false teaching. Or it just dies. So uh, we don't want to do either of those things. We want to be a church that clings to godly wisdom. And so chapter 3 is, we're going to do the whole thing right now, is I think Paul's kind of saying one last thing. By the way, before we move on, one last thing about wisdom here before we go any further. Let's let's read it. Chapter 3. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now, you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? So there's the first point I want to make right there. Paul is saying one last thing about wisdom. If you're claiming to be wise, you divisive congregation over in Corinth, you know, how, how about this? Have you ever seen a very wise toddler, a very wise baby, a very wise infant? So you're claiming to have wisdom, he says, but I can't address you as spiritual people. I can only address you as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. And I don't think he uses the word flesh there as unbelievers because he calls them infants in Christ. So he's saying, I believe that you're still Christians, but you're babies. Babies aren't wise, even if they are Christians. You've still got some growing to do here. I can't address you as spiritual people. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And I think what he means there is a little bit of a warning that if we as a church recognize those infants or those babies who are young and sort of immature in the faith and living a very human lifestyle rather than a very spiritual lifestyle, it's not good to feed them solid food. It's, it's actually dangerous because they don't know what to do with it. They'll choke on it, they'll burn out, they'll cause more division. Something is, is not going to go well. Uh, so he was feeding them milk during his time there because he wasn't they weren't ready for solid food, but even now he says it's been a couple years, and you are still of the flesh it's why why are you taking so long here? You've still got jealousy and strife among you. Are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? You're still babies. babies can't be wise okay uh, so so if you're claiming to have wisdom. You, Corinthian church, uh, you need to grow up and, and find true godly wisdom, not human wisdom. Uh, and he brings up again this issue of preacher worship, which we talked about uh, back in chapter 2. What is Apollos? What is Paul? Well, you know, we're just, we're just servants. You know, if you guys are still arguing about, well, Paul baptized me, well, Cephas baptized me, well, Apollos baptized me... You know, And boasting in man, again, that's just promoting human wisdom, promoting human uh, abilities, promoting human stature and, and what man has done. Man baptized me. Wow, how great for you. Listen, I planted, Apollos watered. Who gives the growth? God gives the growth. So if you're still arguing over preachers, you're showing the world that you're still not wise. You still don't get it yet. So, if if there's still this division going among you, you haven't realized that God is the one who actually gives the growth. In fact, if the guy who started the church, uh, if you consider him better than the one who's um, watering now, uh, then you've got division. If you consider the one who's watering now better than the guy who planted, then you're still uh, undivided uh, or you're still divided. What you need to understand is that each one is going to receive his wages according to his labor, whether they started the church or whether. They are working there now and, and, and uh, watering the church. It's not for you to decide. We are God's fellow workers. You're the field. God is going to make you grow. You're the building. God is going to build you up, okay? Stop arguing about preachers. Fair enough? Babies aren't wise. That's point number one. Point number two, verse 10. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. So he was the one who planted, right? I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it let each one take care how he builds upon it for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid which is Jesus Christ. now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones wood, hay or straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Okay, so point number two here, If you're claiming to be wise, you would know that there's only one foundation for your church. If you're claiming to be wise, you know that there's only one foundation for your church. He says, according to the grace of God given to me. I love Paul's humility before he points back to saying, I planted your church, right? According to God's grace, by the way, right? God was the one who worked that work while I was planting, okay? First of all, you need to get that right. It wasn't about me while I was there anyway. The grace of God was provided to me so that I could help lay a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. He might be talking about Apollos there. He might be talking about Cephas. Uh, Whoever is building upon it now, they need to be careful how they are building upon it. So I think he is talking to the direct preacher, the direct pastors of the uh, congregation in, in Corinth. He's also talking to the church as a whole. No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is who? Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus. If any other foundation is laid, it will perish. He came. He laid one foundation. He preached one gospel. That gospel message was that Jesus Christ came and lived the perfect life, was our mediator, our better Esther, right, to die for our sins, so that we could live to uh, follow him and, and he would give us new hearts, he would touch us and make us new and give us joy that fills our, like, that's the gospel, that's what we preached when, when we were there. Y'all remember that that's the foundation we laid, okay? That's how your church started and that's how your church must be sustained. If anyone builds on that gospel, the framework, and and we can talk about building here, we can talk about, you know, all the, the things that go into Building a building, you have to have that firm foundation. I don't care what kind of uh, ornate things you're going to put on the outs- the external parts of the building, or on the inside. If the foundation is shaky, it's destined to crumble. Their foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, what are they going to build upon that foundation? Well, if anyone builds gold upon it, silver, or precious stones, how would those objects hold up in a fire? It'd probably do okay, right? Gold, silver, precious stones, those things would not be burned too badly in a fire. What about a wood, hay, or straw? <laughs> right? That's a good way to start a fire, using wood, hay, and straw. And we see a lot of churches starting fires, if you know what I mean. Um, each one's work will become manifest. Whether you chose to build upon that foundation gold, silver, or precious stones, or whether you tr- chose to build upon that foundation wood, hay, or straw, the day, capital D, when the Lord comes back, the Lord Jesus Christ, to judge his earth, to judge the living and the dead, and we'll pull out the two books, he will judge what kind of works were, were built upon that foundation. It will be revealed, revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Um, if the work that anyone has built upon that foundation survives, he gets a reward. For those whose work is burned up, they will suffer loss. But, but, he will be saved, but only as through fire. And so I I think what what Paul is, is pointing to here is that for those churches, those congregations, and those pastors, those waterers, who continue to build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, those eternal principles that are saturated with the gospel, the truth of the word, in accord with what Jesus came and preached and taught in the Old Testament and God Himself, His big divine plan of fall um, or of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Right, keeping in line with all these things, it's going to last. And those churches and those pastors will receive a heavenly reward and it will be sweet for them. It will be a joy when they reach the day and the Lord comes back to judge. They'll have rewards. But for those who built upon other things that were not centered and saturated on the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether it's built upon programs or built upon um, entertainment to the world or built upon something extra biblical, and inspiring people, or, or doing good deeds, whatever type of you know um, work we would desire to build our church upon, that's not grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Family, we we will we might be saved. Boy, it'll be it'll be just through fire. It'll be just through fire. Uh, and, and what I what I think he's getting at there, you know, is uh, Revelation um, twenty, uh, where the Lord. Uh, is, is coming back and we see the, 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 the books opened. He grabs two books, the, the Lamb's Book of Life, one that is read and those who will receive the eternal inheritance. But, but there's also another book in which the Lord uses to, to judge all of creation, including Christians and our works and what we built upon our church. And, and we have to remember here that you know, we, when we see the, the, the teaching of the church in the Bible, A lot of times we think of the organization. We think of the institution. We think of the Sunday morning. But I must remind you that the church is the people. Okay? So this this isn't primarily, you know, making sure that, you know, our activities are gospel-centered, but that you guys are gospel-centered. This is making sure that you guys are walking in accord with the gospel in your homes. This is making sure that you guys are walking in accord with the gospel, you know, when you're at work. And, and, and all your other hobbies and everything that you touch. You know, you, you are a, a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ in his church, his body actively working for the head. And if you're not working according to that one foundation, uh, well, that work is likely to be burned up. It's not in jeopardy of your salvation, um, but you will miss out on a reward, perhaps, heavenly reward. And those are some mysterious promises. Uh, we know that they'll be sweet and joyful, and they should inspire us make sure uh, and check ourselves both individually and as a body that our work is in line with the foundation otherwise going to get burned up right that's why he gives this great reminder in verse 16 do you know that you're God's temple do you know that God's spirit dwells in you if anyone destroys God's temple God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple the Lord no longer lives in a brick building like he might have in the Old Testament or the Ark of the Covenant, but rather he dwells in the people of God. He dwells in his church. We are now God's holy temple. And if anybody destroys that temple, the Bible says God will destroy him. And in reference to what he just said, how is he worried that Corinth is going to destroy God's temple? By building with wood thinking that they're doing good things and all the while they're actually destroying God's truth. We need to be very, very careful what we're doing as a body and what we're doing as individuals, making sure that our work is lined up with the gospel of Jesus. Uh, Finally, last point here, Uh, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived if you think you're wise. Uh, Verse 18, let no one deceive himself if anyone among you thinks That he is wise in this age, let him become a fool, that he um, may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God, for it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. You are Christ's, and Christ is God. Such a, a, a beautiful finish to the chapter three there, a longing that the church at Corinth would, would really wake up and not be deceived to, to this human wisdom. You know, uh, Human wisdom is easily seen as counterfeit by God. You might fool others with your human wisdom, church at Corinth, but you're not going to fool the almighty, the all-wise, the one who created wisdom and who uh, knows all, the true omniscient one. If you think you're wise in this age, your best chance at becoming truly godly wise is to become a fool. So strange, isn't it? The only way that we can become wise is to actually become fools. Uh, And I think what he means by that is to be seen as a fool by the world because of what we read in chapter 2, that we would um, be seen as uh, weirdos, or actually I think it was chapter 1. Yeah, chapter 1, verse 18, says the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. We talked about that word, uh, uh, Maurice, I believe, Uh, which which comes from our word moron, right? The word of the cross is moronic to those who are perishing. And so if you want to become truly wise, according to God's standards, the world must see you as a moron, as a fool, because you are following in line with the gospel. You must become a fool to become truly wise. The wisdom of this world is folly with God, for it is written, and here he Quotes a few Old Testament passages, one from Job, one from Psalm uh, 94. He says, uh, from Job, he catches the wise in their craftiness. From Psalm 94, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So again, you're not fooling anybody. The Lord sees what you're doing. Uh, He he catches them in their futile ways. uh, And and, um, he knows even your thoughts. So don't boast in men. Don't boast in men. And, and that's kind of like the warning part of it, but then he finishes with an encouragement, right? Good teaching, good preaching, you know? Here's your warning, but, but be encouraged because here's the thing. If you really are in Jesus, all things are yours. You don't need to seek after human wisdom. You think that it's going to satisfy. You think that it's going to build your reputation. You think it's going to make people think well of you uh, in this world, and you know what? It might. But you in Christ already have all things. If you are in Jesus, whether it's, Ap- whether it's Paul, whether it's Apollos, whether it's Cephas, whether it's the world, whether it's life, whether it's death, whether it's the present or whether it's the future, it's yours because who owns all of those things? Yeah, God, Jesus. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Why? Why? The verse before it, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given unto me. So that means the world is yours if you're in Christ. The future is yours if you're in Christ. The past is yours if you're in Christ. The present is yours if you're in Christ. Uh, Guy Johnson is yours if you're in Christ. Dale DeBose is yours if you're in Christ. Spurgeon is yours if you're in Christ. Richard Baxter is yours if you're in Christ. All of these things God has given to the the earth for the children of God for the benefit of their knowledge and their godly wisdom. Use these gifts that God has given you because they are yours for the building up, not of human wisdom, but of godly wisdom. Be content with what you have. You don't need human wisdom. It just makes you a natural, fleshly person. Why would you want that when you can be God's, You can have God's wisdom. So here's a couple questions to end. How would Paul address you? Would he address you spiritually or would he address you naturally? As a a baby or as someone who's ready for the solid food? How would he address you? And if you are a child, you are an infant, what's keeping you from growing up? Paul was really mad at these guys and it's just been a couple years. How about those Christians that have been coming to church their entire lives? and still have never really opened their Bibles. Um, what's keeping you from growing? What's keeping you from growing up and becoming an adult in the Lord? Uh, here's, a, here's a question. If you, if you often find yourself in the midst of division, and based on chapter 3, especially over preachers, you might still be an infant. I think we can make that application from chapter 3. If you find yourself stirred up in division, often... And a lot of times over preachers, you might still be an infant, a baby. Also, Christ is the only foundation for our church, for Main Street Baptist Church. I didn't know Guy Johnson, but based on what I've heard and the papers I've read, sounds like he was trying to build this place on Jesus. Sounds like he was trying to build this place on the gospel, okay? Green River started to work in 1963 uh, because this area needed the gospel of Jesus Christ. This church was planted and... They prayed the church's one foundation would be steadfast and true. And so the question is, what are we building today? Some 55 years later, 56, what are we building? Are we building wood, hay, and straw? Are we building those gold and silver and precious stones that are are going to last? That includes you as individuals, families. Um, How about this? Do the heavenly rewards of building good things on the good gospel, get you excited and get you motivated. Do the good heavenly rewards that are promised in Scripture create faithfulness in you. Because you want to, to, to have that happy day when Christ comes back and makes all things new. And you don't, you don't want to see your church get burned up. You want to see your works get burned up. So you're excited. You want to build on the gospel, saturate all your works in the gospel, and pray like we did tonight over all of our works. Finally, are you deceiving yourself? Do you think that you're wise? And, and I'm not talking about godly wisdom. I'm talking about human wisdom. Do you really, in this world, believe that you are something, though you are nothing? Which is another thing Paul would say. Do you believe that about yourself? Or do you believe that becoming a fool is the true path to becoming godly? Are you willing to subject yourself to all kinds of scrutiny and pain and uh, being called funny things and being avoided by your friends and family because they know that you are walking in a different way? Are you willing to subject yourself to that type of folly? Finally, is, is Christ your contentment? Christ your contentment. Because if you have Jesus, you have all All things are yours if you're in Christ, which means if you don't own a penny to your name, you own the world if you have Jesus, which is pretty cool. And it's really a a picture back to Adam, isn't it? God gave Adam all of this. Have it, subdue it, grow it. It's yours, take care of it. And here his promise is coming to fruition that he will truly restore all things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, let's, let's pray, um, and then uh, we'll spend a little bit of time praying together over some prayer requests you guys might have. Father, thank you for this uh, uh, word tonight. I pray that we would pursue good godly wisdom. Uh, We would grow up, uh, for those of us who are still struggling with infancy, and uh, Lord, we would we would take as much milk as we need, but, but we'd move up when, when it's time Lord we'd, we'd really dig into our scriptures for ourselves and and try to try to walk what we talk and not just try to do the whole Pharisee looking like a Christian thing, but really really seek after godly wisdom and, and not human wisdom uh, Lord let us not deceive ourselves into thinking that we're wise let us not deceive ourselves into building something that would actually destroy the church or destroy our families, destroy our, our marriages or destroy our parenting or destroy our jobs or or, or whatever um, reputable witness now that we do give to the world. Lord, we don't want to build anything that would destroy that. So, Father, help us to be truly wise as we seek you at Main Street Baptist Church. Um, And thank you, Lord, for your gracious gift. (laughs) We who are nothing, who were dead, literally, without God in the world, hopeless, like uh, as dead as a skeleton separated by its bones, lying on the ground in Ezekiel 37, Father. We were dead, and we can go from not even owning life to having a full life hidden with Christ along with owning past, the present, the future, death, life, all these things have been given unto us because we have Christ, Christ is God's. We are abundantly rich in Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that we would take those gifts you've given us to grow in godly wisdom, and to not be wise in this earth. pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to another message from the pulpit ministry of Main Street Baptist Church in Spindale, North Carolina. I hope that your soul has been edified as a result of hearing the word of God preached and that God will continue to be glorified in your life as you worship Jesus. If you have any questions about the message you heard today, feel free to uh, check us out online and send an email. You can find us at www.mainstreetspindale.com or you can call us directly at 828-286-2291. Hope you have a wonderful day. God bless.